hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast, soundcaster, Mark... If this is your first time dropping in to listen to Succotash, the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast, welcome. If you've been this way before, welcome back. This is episode, or epi, 318. And as our announcer Bill Haywatt just mentioned, I'm Mark Hershon, your guide for this week's tour of Comedy Soundcast Clips. Not to be confused with your host for last week's installment, Epi 317, that would be Mr. Tyson Saner, a grand fellow in his own right. He presented a trio of soundcast clippage under the title Reach Out and Clip Someone. Those shows included The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly, Mom Can't Cook, and The Co-Founder. That second show, Mom Can't Cook, is a brand new show looking back at Disney Channel movies, and the co-founder's a narrative soundcast, a nice break from the usual comedy fare of hosts chatting with guests, or shooting the shit, or playing clips. Hey, wait, I just dissed ourselves playing clips. The jury will ignore the last statement from the witness. Now, if you somehow missed the show last week, it's still hanging around wherever you get your soundcasts. Places like Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Audible, and, after a long break while we were boycotting them for their programming decisions, Succotash is back on Spotify, baby. Plus, as always, you can grab any of this show's past 11 and a half years worth of episodes at our home site, SuccotashShow.com. But that was then, this is now, so let me tell you what I have in store for you on this week's show. Of all the comedy subgenres, crime, movie reviews, TV show rewatches, the paranormal, one that's gotten very little play on this show over the years has been sports comedy or comedy sports. Not for a lack of content, there are thousands of soundcasts with a sports bent to them. The truth is that I'm I'm just not that much of a sports fan. Any sports. And although some of my favorite funny people host or are featured guests on these shows, when I've tried to listen, I pretty much don't know the details that they're getting around into, no matter what the sport happens to be. To be totally transparent, no one has ever written in or called the Succotash and Runaway Truck Ramp Hotline at 1-818-921-7212 to request clips from sports-based soundcasts. Nor have any of those shows sent in their own clips to our direct Hightail upload site at Hightail.com slash lowercase u slash Succotash. So have I been remiss? Sure, I'll take the hit on that, but Succotash is a two-way street, or soundcast rather. If you let us know what you'd like to hear, don't hesitate to reach out. No matter, today's the day we make it all up with a quartet of sports-oriented soundcast clips. You'll be hearing from the likes of Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson, Sportsfeld, The Grade Cricketer, and The View from the Cheap Seats. I will confess right now that I won't pretend to know the intricacies of what's being bandied about in these clips. But for you sports fans out there, you won't need my help. And like me, if you're not a big sports fan, just sit back and relax. This won't take long. Plus, we have a commercial from our favorite and only long-running sponsor, Henderson's Pants' new Drifter Chinos. If you love the romance of the open road, look out. Henderson's rag pickers are out there looking to get into your pants. 
All right, let's kick off the clips. See what I did there? Kick off the clips. First up, who would have figured sound casting would be the next best stop for heavyweight boxer Mike Tyson? Who in their right mind, of course, would tell the champ no? Not me. No, sir, no way. I understand from some friends of Succotash who've been guests on both our show and his show that the title isn't so much about boxing as it is about being enclosed in a studio with a former pro boxer and a lot of herb being partaken of with very little ventilation. Back in July, Mike had Bill Maher as his guest, and they tore it up about religion, Black Lives Matter, police brutality, and Marilyn Monroe. Well, who's coming at poor Marilyn Monroe after all these years? That would be Bill Maher, of course. There were lots of religions at the time. Of course, there are many that preceded Christianity. Absolutely. The reason why that one caught on is because, partly is because they grafted these familiar elements onto it, like his birthday uh, and stuff like that, and he's coming back to life. That was an old story. But part of it that was revolutionary was his message that when it really gets good for you is in the afterlife. Now, we're talking about a Roman Empire that was at least half slave. You know, I mean, people think slavery was an American invention. It was not. No. Everybody in the Bible had them. The word slave comes from Slav, and there's nobody whiter in the world than Slavs. That slavery has been around since the beginning of time. Yeah, and, most, and mostly it wasn't even a racial thing simply because people weren't living in an area where there were people of other races. It's just human nature, brutal human nature, to make other people your slave if you possibly can. Now, we have come a long way since that time, but in the Bible, nobody even thought to condemn it. There's lots of rules about slavery in the Bible. None of them are, don't do it. They never even thought to say that, like, don't do it. God's perfectly okay with it. His boy Jesus is perfectly okay with it. They have rules like, if a man kills your slave, you may kill his slave. Oh, okay, that sounds like a good little rule. But nobody ever said, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we should put that well, in the I don't, ten, well, I Maybe we should know. put that in the Ten I Commandments. I never read the Bible, so I don't know. Well, I have. You didn't dig it, what you were reading? Well, as a historical document, it's interesting, and it's certainly fundamental to understanding our civilization. So I took it as scholarship when I was in college. But do I believe it? Of course not. It was written by people in the Bronze Age who didn't know what a germ or an atom was. It's a bunch of nonsense, and it's and it's wicked also. It's full of uh, ethnic cleansing, slavery. Again, just the fact that slavery is not condemned. They have a list of 10 things you sh absolutely should not do, but slavery and rape are not on the list. This is, um, How ridiculous the Bible is that? About? The, Bible, the Bible, yes, the Bible. It's actually quite ironic, because the Bible, I think, is like the most sold book. But isn't there so many, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to see nothing most, about the Most like book anywhere. Well, yes, it's the Bible. I mean, most people, uh, less and less as time goes on, thanks partly to me, are, are less and less religious. But, I mean, it's still mostly a religious country. Mostly people will say they believe in something. Now, shout out to the, my millennial friends. They're the first generation to be less than 50%, I think, who have a religious affiliation. The younger generations more and more are saying this is a bunch of bullshit. We don't need this to live a good life. And then they see how like immoral so many religious people are. So they're like, why would I want to get involved in this club? It's hypocritical. It's not real. 
and it doesn't speak to me. I just believe religion is your conscience. You know what's good and you what's bad. Yeah. You know well, that's, wrong, that's, right. that's your conscience. That's not religion. Yeah. Religion is something different. I mean, if that, I that can be your... religion. Well, religion is a system. Religion is a is a formalized way of thinking with rules and laws and beliefs in things that are... And then are, again, we all have our own private religion then. But that's not really religion. religion. That's having better we have, no, it's every, no, we don't have to say, I'm just talking about the way we get up every morning, we wash our face, we brush our teeth, we... Well, that's a... That's not a religion, that's a regimen. Yes, we well, all Religion have, is regimental. It yeah. is. Well, yeah, yeah, religion yeah, is regimental, yeah, but, no doubt. Okay, well, we're arguing over semantics here, but... No, I'm not arguing with you. No, no, right. I'm just saying, I think what defines something as a religion is is something that you're not describing. You're you're describing what you believe and how you live your life. You don't need religion. Well, religion, you, but religion tells you how to live your life and but what you believe But aren't in. you Muslim? Yes. Okay, well, that, that is a religion. Yeah, it's very difficult religion, too. But listen, that don't mean um, you can't be a Muslim and live your religion and still think that somebody should be treated like a human being and not just be dictated by religion. Yeah. I would just say you're lucky that you're a Muslim in America. Hot Boxing features a wide range of guests, but a lot of sports figures, which I managed to worm my way out of using that clip. You can pick up that episode or a number of others at hotboxingpodcast.com. No G in there, Hot Boxing. Or anywhere else you get your soundcasts from. Here's a clip where I am totally out of my depth. <laughs> this is from Sportsfeld, a sports podcast about nothing, according to the show's description on Apple Podcasts. And I think the hosts, Andrew Zuber and Jake Goldsby, are talking about soccer or football. Pretty sure. But the series in Canada they're talking about was happening concurrently with a baseball series and a hockey series. So I was very confused. For this clip, I purposely left off whatever setup there was just to see if you are just as lost as I am. 2018 CONCACAF Champions League final against Guadalajara. Like that is, that's quite a journey to go on. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah. All right. I'll tell the story. Uh, leg one, of the final against Guadalajara was in Toronto. Uh, that was the same night as a Raptors playoff game. Uh, I don't remember which one. Uh, and I think there was also a Leaf playoff game that night. I think there was, it was either all three or I know the leg two was definitely all three. I think the first one was just a Raptors playoff game. But um, I was at a bar for that one with a friend. Game five of Raptors Wizards. Thank you. And that was the wonderful day where we got yelled at by a, won't name names, but a very famous uh, <laughs> Canadian sports reporter because uh, he wanted to watch the early season Blue Jays game. And we had asked the bar to put on the TFC game and uh, TFC lost the first leg two to one. And then I, th I fear who was someone missed a sitter in the second half, which would have made it uh, two two. And we were told to pipe down because they're, they already gave up two away goals and it's over. And uh, what's the point was what uh, we were told by the sports professional. <laughs> <laughs> Little did he know, a week later, they would be a Marky Delgado miss, which I think about all the time, from winning the whole damn thing. 
through, but Kota gets on the end of that one. Jovinko is one of them, though. Jovinko here up against Pineda. Stands up the cross-back post. Delgado over the bar. What an opportunity for Marky Delgado in stoppage time to try and win it for TFC. That's unreal. I misspoke. It's game two of Raptors Wizards. They were up. Uh, I believe. Ga- yeah, I believe game five was leg two, maybe. Uh, yes, I, know I, got, game I, got, seven, I got the dates. I got the dates wrong. Least Boston game seven was definitely the same day as that is leg correct. two. Leg two yes. is absolutely least Boston game seven. <laughs> 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 what a this is this is what was really incredible. I think about this time uh, as we sort of reflect on it is like this stuff was happening at alarming rate. Um, and there was another there was another day a couple of years. Uh, later, where I, I remember, it was like a, also like a prominent Jays game. Was uh, maybe this, this this same day? But like there was, I think in 2019 as well. Um, we had a, we had like a sort of a quad day. Really cool. And and I think, you know, hopefully we can get back here. And I, I think something we wanted to do is sort of talk at the end of this is, is Toronto FC does shortly after this sort of get back near this level, which is like sort of crazy. Yeah, but done in a very, I guess, not done in a different way, but um, taken, supported. I don't know. Mm. That's what, I'm, what am I looking for here? I think supported is. I think supported is right. Like that's yeah. sort of. I so I feel like we we may have talked about this before on the main show. I don't remember because it's well. I think we talked ago. about it. We talked about it going into this final. Yeah, and like how. You know, TFC made the MLS Cup final in 2019. Andrew Zuber, by the way, is known for his writing on Yahoo Canada, while co-host Jake Goldsby is an actor, best known for his work on Canadian TV and shows like Degrassi and Bad Jews. The title of their show is Sportsfeld, and you can find links to the show and the host's socials at our home site, SuccotashShow.com. We'll be right back to the action after this non-important message from our non-paying fake sponsor, Henderson's Pants. Hello, friends. You may be familiar with the expression, you'll never know a man until you walk a mile in his shoes. Imagine how well you'll know a fellow if you hike that same mile in his pants. Introducing Henderson's Drifter Chinos. These vaguely khaki, shapeless, baggy trousers have that overly comfortable, lived-in look. So much so that each pair sports its own pattern of vaguely disgusting and indefinable stains. The designers at Henderson's Pants spent many many, many hours hanging out at bus stops, rest stops, and highway underpasses, paying close attention to the homeless and destitute who drift in and out of such places. They filled their pads with sketches of the kinds of clothing that makes life on the road seem exotic and romantic. Then, when they realized how far from Henderson's headquarters they had drifted, and without enough sense to bring enough money or credit cards to get back, they were forced to burn those sketch pads in metal trash barrels in order to keep warm. Enough members of Henderson's design team did make it back to reconstruct what they had seen from memory, and thus the Drifter Chino was born. In addition to the unique stain patterns, every pair has plenty of pockets to carry spare change, bottle openers, cigarettes, a rock, and a dirty bandana. And with each pair you buy right now, Henderson's is throwing in a pair of Chili Blaine's fingerless gloves. Originally designed for the down-and-out, deadbeat dads, and boxcar Willie 
Chili. Henderson's Drifter Chinos are available wherever they leave the dumpster unlocked at night. That's Henderson's, makers of threadbare knickers and patchwork overalls since 1867. And now, back to Suckatash. This next clip may be a bit out of reach for listeners who are even diehard sports fans here in North America. The show is The Grade Cricketer, and it's about, you guessed it, cricket. To start with, I'd never heard of the term grade cricket and had to look it up. Here's the definition from Wikipedia. Grade cricket, also known as premier cricket, is the name of the senior inter-club or district cricket competitions in each of the Australian states and territories. Okay, I can kind of follow that. Let's give a listen. Let's, let's talk to Vatushna Hatharaja about uh, many things. Uh, let's talk about Sam Northeast. We'll talk about the kit. Uh, we'll talk about 410 not out, and we'll talk about the state of uh, the state of play in cricket generally across the globe. No pressure, Vish. Here we go. Right, you might know him from the very popular Football Ramble show, but um, he recently took on the associate editor role at ESPN Crick Info. Uh, he's a longtime friend of the show. Uh, and frankly, it's no exaggeration to say he's one of the very best cricket writers on the circuit. It's Vatushna Hantharaja on the Grey Cricketer. Vish, welcome back. Thank you for having me. That's um, I think that's the most serious intro I've gotten so far. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, you were twenty minutes late, which was deeply offensive. Uh, and um, there we go. It was, it was said off air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and it didn't seem that didn't seem to bother you in the slightest. So obviously someone's doing well. Um, so it is great to have you back. Uh, hey, Vish, we're we're into uh, hey, we're into this uh, weird white ball phase of the English summer. Um, uh, look, the way I see it, England's got a good kit. Um, there's forgettable games coming thick and fast. Uh, obviously, it's confirmed the death of ODI cricket. Um, but but apart from that, have you picked up anything of consequence from Matthew Mott's first few games in charge? Um, he's got young looking legs. You know, when you're like in the press box. <laughs> you know, you're... Young looking legs. <laughs> you know, you're in the... You're in the... <laughs> so, um, in the last ODI was, was rain affected. It was only 29 overs, but the only start, they, the game was supposed to start at one. They only started playing about like five and, you know, someone in England kicked water out. And, you know, I've got used to seeing Chris Silverwood in shorts. I got used to seeing Trevor Baylis in shorts. I realized even though I've covered a bit of women's cricket and I've covered, you know, women's ashes matches, um, I've not really seen Matthew Martin shorts, even though he wore shorts back then as well. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> I, I noticed, you know, he came, he came out of the setting cones and I was like, who is that? Like from afar. And, you know, took the binoculars out and it was, it was Matthew Mark. But um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, in terms of a serious answer, I think he's, you know, clearly quite personable. I think it's quite interesting that like he was brought in when Morgan was captain because the idea was, I suppose, a bit of consistency, someone to kind of like help carry the um I suppose the same kind of ethos and also the same kind of dressing room like coaching ethos forward and um yeah I suppose the you know the jobs kind of changed in a you know in a month for him but um not just losing O Morgan but also losing Ben Stokes now as well. So yeah, you know there's this um so I'm at Leeds at the moment. There's a decide the decider of the Salapa series today. So um and obviously we'll judge him harshly for it. 
Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what he's made of. <laughs> um, re Ben Stokes's ODI retirement ish. Uh, I think it's well documented. I think, no, I think it's a fact is what I should say is that England have been like the most flogged since, since COVID they played the most games all over the world, etc. Um, so like, is his retirement an England thing? Uh, is it a cricket thing in general or is it a Ben Stokes thing? What, like what, why, why did he retire? Like which one of those three is the definitive answer? Mm, it can only be one. I, I think it's a Ben Stokes thing. Yeah. I didn't know you were going to give me that third option, but that's, I think that's spot on. I think, I think it's a Ben Stokes thing. Cause I was thinking about it. If the, if the fixtures were skewed differently, you know, not, not just a, a gap, but if the ODIs came first and then there was 60, 20s, basically back to back and then some ODIs, I was thinking, like, he probably wouldn't retire from T20 cricket because there's a World Cup later this year. But I wonder if he maybe that would have made him think, oh, you know what? I will I will retire at the end of this World Cup because mm. it was quite impulsive. Bear in mind, like, the you know, a few days before he was announced that he, he wasn't going to play in the T20 series against South Africa. He wasn't going to play in the 100, but he was definitely going to play these ODIs. And then, you know, he plays... Uh, supposedly he played, um, you know, the ODI at Lords against India and thought, you know what, maybe this isn't the format for me. And then he only, so then in that South Africa series, when he's having been announced in the squad, he announces the day before the first game that he's retiring and that this game at Chesley Street is going to be his farewell. That's a taste of the grade cricketer. Couldn't understand a thing. There were originally three hosts of the show, all cricket writers in Australia, Sam Perry, Dave Edwards, and Ian Higgins. You heard Sam and Ian on that because, well, Dave went his own way in 2020 to focus on other things. But these guys have even written books about cricket. Anyway, I can barely understand what they're saying, let alone what their cricket references may be about. So I reached out to one of our oldest friends of Succotash, Jabs, late of the D-Head Factor. That was a soundcast from Australia. He's from Canberra. And I asked him to give me his thoughts on the great cricketer. So he checked it out. Hi, this is Jabs, previously from the D-Head Factor. And Boganwood and the very short-lived court case pending, surprise vasectomy. Today, I've been called out of retirement to review an Australian podcast because the Succotash boys don't understand what cricket is. So the podcast I am reviewing is called The Grade Cricketer. And try and say that when you have a form of dyslexia like I do. Cricket is great. And if you're into things like wasted youth, failed relationships, sun damage and broken dreams, a weekly show featuring news, views and interviews with major names from across the cricket scene. This is the podcast for you. You can find it on iTunes. You can also find it on Spotify. Couldn't find it on the old faithful Stitcher, but it is there. And it comes with quite high reviews from anyone that's gone in there and had a crack at it. So with 862 reviews, 4.7 stars. Then let me tell you why. Okay, like with any sports podcast, I think that it has to, it's, it's, it's all about the content. So the content is obviously focused on cricket. So if you understand what cricket is, then you'll understand the podcast. Uh, I think that that's the problem with a lot of these sports focused podcasts is that they don't translate to newcomers that well. But that being said, as an Australian that's coming into summer and is getting spruced up and ready for the cricket season, this is the podcast for me. This is the one I want to listen to straight after a game 
um, because they break down every aspect of the game. They talk about the individual scores and about the players and they actually make a lot of jokes around it as well and it works really well. The podcast itself, uh, they incorporate interviews and little skits and ads as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I suspect they might be fake ads, but I haven't dug too deep into that. The podcast itself is quite well crafted and well done. Uh, The boys have really good banter and they bounce off each other well, and they obviously know a lot about cricket, which is what you're looking for in a cricket podcast. As an Australian, I give it two Vegemite sandwiches up. Uh, out of two, obviously, because, you know, Vegemite, great stuff. Uh, I feel like I'm being a little bit racially profiled by us being asked to uh, do a review of this podcast, but I actually quite enjoyed it, and I'll be putting it on my list for the upcoming cricket season. That's all from me. So long, Suckatash fans. Until the next time, and more Boganwood episodes. One day. We love jabs. We love jabs. All the way from Canberra, Australia. He keeps threatening to release the second season of his fabulous narrative soundcast, Boganville, but I'll believe it when I hear it. And if I do hear it, I'm going to play all those episodes right here, just like I did from his first season. Uh, So that's jabs commenting on the grade cricketer, which you can find anywhere you get your soundcast from, except apparently Stitcher, because jabs could not find it on there when he went looking for it. But if you'd like to get directly to their website, come to our website, succotashshow.com. There is a link in the blog piece for this episode right there. Our final clip is from a show by a couple of guys I met peripherally years ago at the Los Angeles Podcast Festival. We've featured them before from the great soundcast they do along with Daniel Van Kirk called Dumb People Town. Of course, I'm talking about the Sklar brothers, Randy and Jason. These guys are totally into sports and they get to let it shine nowadays in their other soundcast called View from the Cheap Seats. In this clip, they're talking about MVPs and championships and other things I don't get, along with their guest, another friend of Succotash, the great Wayne Fetterman. I want to talk about the NBA Finals with the great uh, Wayne Fetterman. First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. So what is the name of this show? View from, from the Cheap Seats. Yes. Yep. So it's so a, yeah. It's our view from the Cheap Seats. So uh, all of our views. With a couple. How t- many people have that were on the actual Cheap Seats show? You were amazing. World's well, longest man. Yeah. How many of those people have been on this show? So many. A lot. Although there were a lot of people we had cast as actors who don't know a ton about sports. So like yeah, yeah, okay. we would never have David Cross on this show because right. he's just not a sports or Scott Ackerman. Yeah. Right. Appeared. Oh, really? Scott yeah, Ackerman yeah. and Harris Whittles. May he rest yeah. in peace. They right. did he, the yeah, he wasn't into World's uh, Championship Hugging Championships. Right. Which, like right. strong hugging, hard hugging, Harris, hard hugging. That was a funny kid, huh? Funny was kid. A funny God kid. Damn. God damn drugs. Anyway, so uh let's talk about the finals. They just wrapped up last week or the end of last week or this weekend. With seventy fifth anniversary. So with a breath between the finals and now, yeah. was it a satisfying finals for you? How did you well, feel Well, as someone it? who's been watching the it's again, it's not a league, it's an association. It is an association. Talk, we talk about it every Your time. Your association with it is that you have a very close connection with it. Right. It's, so it's an association unlike those other sports yeah. Yeah. Uh, leagues. Leagues. So, I, yes, it was I mean, I was rooting for Boston. Just I don't know why, but did you like the well, players? Do you like how that I, team is constructed, or you, you feel just bad for the city because they haven't won any championships? Yeah, they've, had, like, they've had a rough right. twenty years. I like racism. <laughs> I can't quite put love my finger their fans. on <laughs> love their fan base. So. <laughs> sure, sure, it's a good fan base <laughs> yeah, to get behind. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just like, but it was. 
We felt that way about Boston in the eighties when we like when we were did? St. Louis kids who didn't have a basketball team. We uh-huh. always rooted for Boston. Like we didn't understand. We thought the Lakers and Showtime were just like this juggernaut of a team, and they were gonna. Uh-huh. We didn't realize the history of Boston just breaking their hearts throughout the like the seventies and sixties. We didn't a- get it. Along speaking of sixties, to me one of the worst nicknames in all of pro sports. Let's hear it, Mister Clutch. Mister Clutch, all right. Yeah, I believe he won, lost seven game sevens he or eight not, game sevens. He, he never not. won a game seven. There's a time to change that. <laughs> he could be clutch. He could. <laughs> if given the right circumstance, I mean. Mr. Clutch? Mr. Clutch? <laughs> okay. okay. So maybe it was his driving. Maybe yeah, it maybe was he that. drove a stick shift car, and that's why he always Mr. stuck clutch. clutch. Right. You want an automatic? No, no. He's Mr. Clutch. Manual. Manual. Mr. Manual. So, uh, yes, it was. I mean, I love. I just love the competition. I love how much the game has evolved. It really has And obviously, we're now looking at one of the top two point guards to ever touch a basketball. I mean, certainly the best shooter in the the history of the game. And maybe the best shooter in the history Uh, of the game. I can't even imagine anyone that you would put ahead of him. Best under six foot two. Oh, point guard. A point guard. Yeah, Yeah, I think he's the best player. The only other point guard in the competition. No, I feel is Magic Johnson. And he was like a point forward, almost so to speak. Yeah, well, but, I mean, one of his advantage was he could see over so many people. And but. he was, but he was not a good shot. Did had a terrible shot. Well, I mean, he shot a higher percentage than this guy you're talking about. What's oh, his really? name? Steph Curry. Steph, Steph, yeah, Stephon yeah, Curry. Again, Steph Curry's stats are pulled down a little bit because he shoots a lot of threes, right so. from the distance. Yeah, that he shoots. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, yeah, Mag- Magic Johnson was making a lot of layups, <laughs> and so making yeah. a lot of layups, and he always had a pretty good shot. I mean, it wasn't. It's okay. I think he's in the thirties for his three point shots. No one was going out there on him, like they were right, right, him right. Shoot and he shot. did. He didn't really even have a jump shot. He right, just he was a had... set shot yeah. from like the side of his <laughs> yeah. head, and so. But uh, yes, of course, I think he goes. So, but down. anyway, but those two guys, I think now are in the conversation. It's the two best. But what do you think? As Stockton, you got to throw in there, and, but I never don't want to put never one never a chip. One. They call it a chip. A chip. What is it? It's a chip and a ring. It's a championship is condensed into chip. That's what that is. I think that's what it is. Okay, okay. I think the chip. They won, yeah. never won a championship. We just, we can't. We don't have time to say championship. <laughs> it's like we need a vanity license plate. I can't fit championship on that. I just got to put chip on it. Chip. Okay. There's the view from the cheap seats. Catch the Sklars on that show, Dumb People Town, and wherever else you can. They're always showing up on TV shows and even in movies. That's going to do it for our sports clip related show. I I feel like I may have learned something here. Don't ask me to tell you what, but I just feel it in my bones. If you're a sports fan, I hope I didn't ruin it all for you, but I just don't really get it or them. I'm a nerd and a dweeb, and I prefer a good game of Dungeons and Dragons to watching the Super Bowl, but I recognize the importance of sports in our international zeitgeist, so please enjoy. For the first time in a long time, we have a call into the Succotash and Runaway Truck Ramp Hotline. This involves the ramp on Interstate 5 crossing the grapevine, I understand. Let's bring them in. We are a half mile from the Runaway Truck Ramp left lane, passing the Runaway Truck Ramp right lane. Uh, heading over the grapevine on the I-5 north. 
all seems to be in operating order, both lanes fully available, and people mindful of downhill speed. Should these conditions change for any reason between now and the next, oh, 45 seconds from now, I will call you back. Phil Ernest on the case, over now. Always happy to hear from Phil Lairness of the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Be sure to check out he and TV's Dean Hagland every Monday for a fresh episode of that show. We're not quite done with Epi 318 yet, however. We have to take a dip into the Tweet Sack. That's right. Hello, Tweety. Listener, you are always welcome to send email into either me at marc at succotashshow.com or Tyson Saner at tyson at succotashshow.com. But who has time for that, really? We've made it so much simpler for you to get a mention on our show. Just toss the at Succotash Show handle into your socials, either on Instagram or Twitter, and if I see it, I'll make sure we mention you during this special segment of the show. Here are just some of the folks kind enough to do just that in the past couple of weeks. Jock Doc Podcast, Zombie Bacterium, Yoshi140, Paige Branson, Track Rivals, Let's Chat Podcast, Ed Wallach, Tiana Merp, Ed Cunard, Cunard, Misfit Scully, Iola Strube, Jonas A, Gut Levy, Frank Pitteresse, Pitteresse, Pitteres, sorry Frank, Pat Mills, the Bam Gabash Happy Hour, Rasa Brasa Afranken, Todd Stimson, Michael Morrison, Richard Peltier, Greg Proops, former guest on the show and good friend of mine, Ryan Seroy, H.G. Ward, and Carolyn Weinhold. Hello, Carolyn. You can get yourself or your soundcast mentioned on the tweet sack just by tweeting or Insta-ing. Is that how it goes? Out our handle at Succotash Show, and if I see it, I'll include it the next time. Speaking of next time, jump into this feed next week for Epi 319 when Tyson Sainer returns with more soundcastic wonderfulness. If you're looking for more entertainments, I do an editorial cartoon for the Half Moon Bay Review Weekly newspaper. Been doing it for over 20 years. You can find it online at hmbreview.com and just click on the opinion section in the pull-down menu. Other than that, if you find yourself pushing a cart down the aisle in your neighborhood grocery store and a kindly senior citizen is heading your way from the other end of the aisle and stops you to ask, have you heard anything good lately? Won't you please pass the succotash? You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Mark Urshaw. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com. On Spotify. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Succotash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash 
slash Succotash. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Succotash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash. Goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production. <laughs>